ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J and Ryan. Good afternoon, and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. Uh, that's Ryan over there. Say hi, Ryan. It is Sunday, May 24th, and I have absolutely nothing. How's it going, Jay? <laughs> Not too bad, sir. Not too bad. I see the OG Army is forming up in the chat box. Always happy to see you guys. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I guess it's the holiday weekend, huh? It is. Yeah, I, I didn't really notice. Uh, the governor made it official at some point uh, that we don't go back until Oct- uh, June 12th and extended the actual state of emergency to June 19th. So I think that means I go back to work in a couple weeks or possibly three weeks or possibly she'll extend it again. And this permanent weird ass vacation that I'm on is going to go on forever. Uh, I don't, I do it. It's so surreal, dude. I, I just want to go back to work. It's too much time off. Uh, you have to be super duper rich uh, to really appreciate really long extended times off. Otherwise, you just sit around the house a lot. And don't do fucking anything. Yeah, so we uh, we officially ended ours on the 20th. The problem is I found out um, actually yesterday. So I have to go and I have to go do uh, emissions on my cars because they're coming up. And apparently the emissions place is still shut down which they give you like a 180 day waiver anyway, because of all this, but I just wanted right. to get some shit done for once. Right, right. Exactly. And that's another thing on top of, uh, the, you know, not being rich and be able to do whatever you want because of the quarantine and stuff. There's lots of things that you can't do, <laughs> you know, more fun, uh, funnily enough, most of the things that don't cost a lot of money, uh, me and the wife aren't outdoor people. So we like, when we wanted to spend some time together, we'd like walk around the mall or and shit like that, you know, or go to a movie together. That was, that was our together time thing. Uh, and they've removed all of that from our life now. <laughs> so I'm, we've been trying to find uh, movies and TV shows that we both like, but there's nothing. So we're, you know, we're growing apart and I, and I blame the quarantine. <laughs> so you're, you're a pair of, of old mall walkers is what you're saying. Kind of. We don't do it that often. We don't actually like leaving the house all that much. We're pretty good. Uh, just hanging out at home, uh, at this stage in our life. But no, every once in a while that we do like to get out, like she'll force me to go see a movie and I'll make sure that we do it on like a Monday at 10 AM. So, so there's no possible way that there'll be anybody else in the theater. Uh, or like, we'd like to go out to eat every once in a while, uh, as opposed to just ordering in or making it ourselves that, you know, we make it an event. You know, like we'll go to the red lobster I, and I know it's the McDonald's, the seafood, uh, but we enjoy it, uh, you know, and drop like a fucking hundred dollars, <laughs> which still amazes me that you can do that at some place like red lobster, like not really a super duper expensive place, but you can drop a hundred dollars at red lobster for two people fairly easy. You could also spend that exact same hundred dollars at a good restaurant. Uh, yes and no, but you got to remember at the uh, Red Lobster, we're getting, you know, two meals that cost somewhere between 20 and 30 bucks. Uh, then we're probably going to get, uh, like an extra lobster tail each or something like that. Cause when we go, we splurge and then we might have, uh, one or two drinks each and you know, the drinks are anywhere between five and $10. So it's really easy to get up to like a 60, 70, $80 bill. And I'm going to leave them at least 20 bucks for a tip. If it's, if it's around that kind of uh, money. So once again, you know, the, despite the fact that it's not super expensive there, it's easy to get to close to a hundred dollars if you're not being, you know, if you're not watching what you're spending, I guess. 
Goddamn, pal. We got to get you away from Red Lobster. And we also need to, to get you to embrace what Ruthie's saying in the chat. And, like, get the fuck away, away from electronics and your house. And, like, just be a human for, like, a day. Well, when we do that every once in a while, like we'll take the dogs for a walk or we'll go to the park, uh, but neither of us are huge outdoor people. Uh, she likes camping. Uh, I'm not so much, but she likes, you know, the type of camping where you get like a, a pop-up camper behind that you pull behind your vehicle and things like that, which I'm not opposed to, but we're not in a spot to buy something like that right now. Uh, and neither of us are interested in like tent camping uh, at, at the age of 47 sometime soon. I am not lying on the forest ground anymore. It's just not going to happen because I'm not that woodsy in the first place. If I, w- I can understand if I was like some big outdoor person, you could make sacrifices on your sleeping situations and your comfort for a day or two. But since I'm not, I don't see any reason to do so. You are the most shut in individual I think I've ever heard of. Um, you've never met my mom. She is the most shuttered individual that you would have ever met. <laughs> she didn't like going outside. Oh, she like like she didn't mind going going outside of like her house, like her yard and stuff. But she didn't like going to places. She refused to drive on the highway because once she got in the wrong lane and ended up like in a different state, uh, she wouldn't drive if it was uh, raining or snowing out or or if it was nighttime. Uh, she really had like two friends uh, for her last thirty or forty years of life. Um, and she, like I said, very rarely left the house other than you know, to do shopping. Her car has always ended up being 10 years old with 20,000 miles on them and shit like that. God damn, God damn, God damn. <laughs> but, uh, that regardless, the, um, we're not, uh, being outdoor people that does limit our things. And so we'll go to like the park every once in a while. Uh, and you got to also remember that the sun is my enemy. Uh, I have to lather up very profusely with, uh, some sort of sun uh, tan lotion or sunblock. Otherwise I'm going to burn very badly. We really need to do like the week long thing of you just not doing technology outside of this. Just see how your life is. Like you seem so, so stuck on, on being connected. No, I love being connected. It's the outdoor world. The outside world brought to me on my terms. I think that's what I like about it the most. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so being the holiday weekend, did you do anything today or did you just chill? No, I didn't do a ton. Uh, spent some time out just kind of relaxing on the deck in the hammock. Let the dogs run around a little bit. It wasn't too nice here. Like It was super overcast yesterday. Got a little bit of sun today. Still only got up to just right about 70, so still wasn't a good day to like go hang out on the beach or something like that. So oh, just oh. enough to where I could just ignore, you know, ignore electronics and just enjoy being outside with some fresh air. <laughs> uh, for us, it's actually warm. It's, hot. it's somewhere between 84 and 86 right now. Uh, I'm sitting here in a pair of cargo shorts and no shirt uh, for the mental image. <laughs> and uh, we are, and we are, we are already having our air conditioners uh, put up into our windows and such like that. Well, actually, mine's already in the window of my room and is on, cooling the the uh, room down. I don't mind being this warm when I'm out and about or trying or awake, but when I'm sleeping, I'm not about that shit. Uh, I need it at least seventy or uh, as the bear is like the max uh, after seventy or so. I start getting uncomfortable. I don't know how anyone does not having central air. Like I would lose my shit. Eh, well, you know, uh, there's one in the living room. 
uh, a bigger one and a smaller one in my bedroom. So between the two of them, it normally um, cools down the house fairly well. Again, remember, it's only a like 980 uh, square foot house. Uh, it's big. We're, it's bigger to us right now since we're in outdoor mode. So we have the doors open to our breezeway and outside an inner porch and a front porch and such. Uh, but in a, but tomorrow when the air conditioning goes into full effect, all that shit will be closed up and it'll be back to a 987 square foot house. So I mean, it's it doesn't have much problems. It doesn't add a ton to our electric bill. Uh, apparently, less than the central air does which I thought would be the other way around. I thought that was one of the main reasons to get central air because uh, it's got to be cheaper than running multiple window units. And that might be the case on a bigger house, but not, and our, but in our case, not so much. Um, even in the uh, summer, our, our electrical bills don't get much above 100 or maybe $120 a month. Uh, that might go up now with the hot tub because turns out the hot tub for March was fucking $100 to run that fucker. <laughs> Good Lord, cool. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm used to having a, a little bit of an increased electric bill during the, the warm months, but that's because I'm that guy that during the, the summer has the AC set to about, you know, 65, <laughs> and then in the winter I have the heat set to like 59. Oh my. Like I like it, I like it right around 60 degrees year round. So right. I can it kind handle- of offsets, right? Like my, my heating bill in the winter isn't as bad as most people. But my electric bill in the summer is way worse. Well, um, being this is a small house and it's actually well insulated, if you take the hot tub out of the equation, because uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work out now that it's getting warmer and this and the other. Um, normally in the summer, it's about $100 uh, electric bill, somewhere between $100 and $120. And uh, like obviously no gas bill in the well like five or ten dollars or whatever in the winter it's probably about seventy dollars for my uh gas bill and about 50 or 60 for my electrical bill so year in or year out my total gas and electrical bills normally around 120 dollars a month so which i think is pretty reasonable and that one of the reasons that it is like that is because when i bought this house i insulated the shit out of this motherfucker uh, both the main house and above the breezeway have a, a ridiculous amount of blown in insulation yeah you're an expert about blowing <laughs> and while it's an old house which means uh, it does not traditionally have uh insulation on the sides like they have in some of the newer ones and i don't really i'm not really interested in them trying to cut holes into it and blow it into the individual things it is a house built in 1930 uh when they built them a lot more stout uh so and it has plasterboard uh um walls not drywall which are a lot thicker and heavier so i believe that contributes to the efficiency of the house as well <clears throat> excuse me and i have exactly four windows i need to replace all the all the rest of them have been replaced with at least fairly modern windows to help with the efficiency there's two two in my den that i haven't replaced because they're weird and then two in an inner porch that i haven't been worried about because they don't affect the efficiency of the house since they're you know, enclosing a unheated space i just want to have i just want to replace those because the old ones look like shit so, other than the joys of home ownership, what you got to, for uh, topics here today, Jay? <laughs> Sorry, ran ran a little bit long on that one. Uh, well, uh, we were talking about uh, you mentioned your dogs, and uh, me and my wife were talking the other day, and she's under uh, the I believe mistaken notion that our dogs are friends. Um, just because like they lie next to each other when they're sleeping and shit like that. And I was trying to explain to her that in no uncertain terms, my, our dogs are not friends. They're competitors with each other for our love and food. 
<laughs> but she's kind of delusional about that. Uh, are your dogs friends? Absolutely, they are. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you can see it too. Like, uh, so I don't even take the time to like feed them separately. I'll just feed them together. Like they'll take turns. One will like basically watch the other one's back while they're eating. Like they're great as far as like playing with each other. One will bring a toy up to the other one and, and get them going back and forth. So yeah, they're they're a good match. Yeah, mine not so much. And I don't. It's not like they hate each other and they're they're like constantly biting each other and causing each other harm. Uh, but it's like this. Sadie is a very neurotic little dog. Uh, before we got Lulu. The only time you would hear anything aggression out of Sadie is if the cat happened to walk by while Sadie had something. Uh, Sadie wouldn't attack him or anything like that, but she would growl, you know, get away from me, get away from my thing. We, and we used to make jokes about it. We were like, dude, Sam has no interest in your chew toy. He's not going to take that. Um, problem being, we, since then, we've bought gotten a dog that makes her paranoia completely justified because Lulu wants whatever Sadie has. It doesn't matter whether Lulu actually wants it or not. If she sees that Sadie has it, she wants to get it from her. Um, and it's really, I think, you know, been not health healthy for my dog Sadie mentally to have gotten this dog Lulu because it's fucks with, with exactly what her problems were. Now all her paranoia is completely justified because there is someone out to get her at any moment. <laughs> you know? Well, so, and part of it doesn't help with you guys, right? Like, so your situation, like you're around quite a bit, it seems like one or the other of you. Yeah. Um, whereas me, like if not for this whole COVID thing, like I'm gone quite a bit. So they kind of need each other in that way. Right, right. And they'll, it'll get back to that. You know, they, they experienced that briefly. We got uh, Lulu last October. So October, November, and December, we were gone all the time, which Lulu's not a big fan of. She's got very bad separation anxiety. She doesn't like really tear stuff up or anything like that. But she like, when you come back, she freaks out and needs to be like right up in your shit for like several hours before she's this, before she decides that you're actually uh, back for good, uh, which is understandable. It comes from her being abandoned in the first place. Um, but yeah, it's, I just wish they wish they got along better and they, and they didn't, their personalities meshed, uh, better. Cause in a lot of ways they're, they are a good set from, or at least as, uh, pets go because Lulu loves to be petted. She loves to be loved on. She wants to be up in your grill all the time. Uh, Sadie doesn't give a shit about being petted. <laughs> I mean, she wants to be next to you. Like she'll lie in the crook of your leg or something like that. Or when you sleep, she wants to sleep in the same bed as you, but she doesn't want to be petted. She doesn't really give a shit about like anything like that. She just wants you to throw the ball, uh, get her the treat that you're supposed to be getting her or playing tug of war, playing tug of war. Uh, I've never seen a dog not care about physical affection before like that. Eh, some are kind of that way, but it, yeah, that's, that's a little odd. Yeah, like cause I, she's a good dog, uh, but as I've mentioned before, I'm not sure if this pit bull chihuahua mix is a, going to be good long term, either physically or mentally. Mentally, it's not too bad, but I feel it's, it's, but I'm in the odd situation where I feel bad for my dog most of the time. <laughs> like she's not a happy dog; she's a, normally a worried, kind of sad dog. Well, you have a mutant dog; like those two <laughs> breeds don't really, really mix. Yeah, 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 and I, you know, and, I, and of course, I uh, over emotionalize things too. I'm re already really attached to them. I've told my wife I'm resentful that she's gotten these dogs because of the uh, heartbreak that I'm sure is going to happen like ten or twelve years from now. I'm like, you know, I didn't want to have to go through that. <laughs> so, but I love them now. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's a selfish way to look at things. 
Yeah, I'm a self-aspersion. I really am when it, when it comes right down to it. <laughs> uh, on to other funnier topics, I read a uh, article today that apparently Charles Barkley played a game of uh, basketball while he was drunk uh, for the Sixers. Did you read anything about that? No, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it was kind of a different culture back then. Well, no, it's uh, not quite not quite that bad. Apparently, his agent told him that he was getting traded to the Lakers. Right. And he's like, oh, sweet. So we had a couple drinks. Uh, agent called him like two or three hours later. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a done deal. We're going to have you come in you know, tomorrow, sign the paperwork and this, that, and the other. So he's, and he started celebrating, started drinking more and drinking more and drinking more. And I guess at four o'clock, he called and said, yeah, yeah, well, the Sixers uh, got cold feet and, you know, they don't want to trade now, which means you have a game tonight at like nine o'clock. <laughs> Apparently, he was drunk off his ass. <laughs> so he didn't intend to like play the game drunk. He, did, he thought he had the night off. Yeah, it, it still, like during that time period, things were way different. I, I doubt you saw much of the uh, the Last Dance, the documentary on the basically the two three peats of the Bulls. Mm-hmm. But like when Jordan initially got to the Bulls in like eighty five, eighty six, apparently that team had quite the reputation of like basically right after the game in the hotel, like all they were doing were just railing lines, and getting drunk and smoking, and yeah, they were they were quite the. Quite the athletes back in the day. <laughs> I assume they sucked as a professional team during that period because that's not the sort of thing you can do on a regular basis and still be athletically able. Well, yeah, that's why they were able to draft Michael Jordan. They were uh, one of the three worst teams in the league. Ah, uh, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basketball, that's pretty impressive, although the article said they couldn't figure out which uh, game he'd done it on, because, but he had had several horrible games around that time period so it could have been any one of those oh and he didn't and it's not he didn't even say he did poorly so he might have did all right that day you never know uh but there are all kinds of sports where you can get away with that probably uh as long as you're not too terribly tanked uh bowling comes to mind i think half of them have to be drunk to be on their a game well there's a bunch of that stuff there's a fine line you can walk like if you're just slightly buzzed there's a lot of those activities that you can do really really well once you pass that, you know, tipping point of between buzzed and drunk off your ass, that that things go to shit. Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure we've all been there when we've had a drink or two, and fucking, we you just seem to be in the zone for whatever you're doing, uh, and it happens a couple times, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I need to have two or three drinks to really play this game well, and in reality, that's not the case. You just had a good mental spot at one time when you with those couple drinks in you. Uh, and that normally is shortly followed by you having way too many drinks to do whatever you're supposed to be doing. Uh, but yeah, there is that butter zone, right? Yeah. If I get, if I get just a slight buzz going, I am at least twice as good at both pool and golf. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Which is because those are those sports that it's like 90% mental. So as long as you don't fuck up your, you know, uh, coordination too badly with the drink and it can probably help. It's funny. People say that marijuana is not a performance enhancing drug. Uh, and obviously on the surface it's not, uh, but I do believe it probably does help some people in their athletic endeavors. Uh, I'm sure Diaz is, would probably tell you that they do everything better. high. Well, a shit ton of high level grapplers like to get high before they roll. Part of it's just, you know, having kind of that relaxed mentality and just kind of going with the flow where you can run into issues is obviously it messes with your reaction time. So it's not something that, you you know, a a sport that you need that high level reaction time. It's something that you'd want to be on 
like during competition. But yeah, there's there's definite uses for it. Right, right. And there are people that will even argue that it affects their reaction time. Uh, I I can't speak on that because I've never done like the Google search to find out whether it's true or not. Because you hear that a lot, but if unless I read a study on it, I take up almost everything like that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I, I've read some study on it. I don't remember much of it because it wasn't anything that was like really new or non-logical information. But there's definitely a hit to reaction time, but everything else is relaxed. It's kind of the same thing that... So Chris Duffin came out with the idea of whiskey and deadlifts. And like, I definitely took that on. And <laughs> basically any time... Well, any time that I'm going to be deadlifting super heavy, like you take a shot of, of good whiskey you know, just a couple minutes before your lift and you will actually see a better result. And part of it is, is just kind of calming down the nervous system a little bit, making it to where you're not getting inside your own head thinking, Hey, I'm about to lift, you know, six, 650 pounds off the floor. And if I mess it up, I'm going to destroy my back. Like those aren't thoughts you need to be having. So just that little bit of the, uh, the liquid courage helps out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So, um, I have found that to be the case where uh, with smoking pot, with my weightlifting, it doesn't, at least it doesn't hurt it. Uh, some days it probably doesn't help it. Other days it does. Uh, cardio, on the other hand, I do not like doing that while I'm uh, high because uh, one of the few stereotypes and you know beliefs about marijuana that is true is it is 100% a motivation killer. Uh, it, you can fight through it. Uh, especially if you've got a pretty good tolerance, but I firmly believe that it makes me less wanting to do stuff like cardio. Uh, cause, uh, when the ca that's the case, whenever I smoke and do cardio, it sucks way more if I'm high, if I'm sober, I can just push through it a lot easier when I'm high. It seems like it takes longer. It's harder to, you would think it'd be easier to focus on other things besides the cardio, but for me, it's harder in a lot of ways. So, uh, I just would rather be sober for if I have to do any kind of cardio. Well, and doesn't part of that have to do with uh, what strain you're taking? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, as far uh, as indica versus sativa? Yes, indica is supposed to be more of a, a body buzz. Uh, you know, like That's what they call the couch lock sort of thing, the the type of weed that supposedly removes your motivation. Um, <clears throat> and sativa is supposed to be more of a head buzz, affect you mentally, uh, but while still uh, without, without making you tired. So people like to have sativa if they're going to be active in the if they're chilling out. The thing is, almost every uh, uh, strain of pot out there is a mix of both. Uh, for if nothing else, sativas uh, don't grow well traditionally. They're harder to grow. They normally have a lot less yield uh, per plant. So what happens is, for the most part, they get mixed with different indicas. So uh, you'll have stuff that's indica dominant or sativa dominant, but for the most part, it's almost always indica dominant. You have to actually go looking out, looking for uh, sativa dominant strains if that's just the sort of thing that you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though, as far as like the cardio thing. I, I doubt that, you know, any treadmill out there goes to like a negative two setting. So I'm sure <laughs> doing it high is no fun. No, uh -uh. yeah, exactly. I can barely get it up to two. Uh, yeah, speaking of things I'm That's not good said. at. <laughs> yeah, speaking of things that I'm not very good at, uh, today I, I tried and failed uh, at yard work, uh, mostly because it involved a shovel. Shovel. Um, there's a tree growing up right beside my house, like right next to the foundation and also like right next to a drain pipe that's coming out, out of it. So today I decided to remove it and failed. It's about, uh, I don't know, about an inch thick. 
uh, and probably about like six feet tall. So I, I just bent it over sideways. You could push, whoops, you can push it to the ground pretty easy. Uh, tried stomping on it. It was too green. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do about that? So I grabbed a shovel. First, I tried to, unfortunately, it was a, a shovel with a curved uh, blade. So my attempts to just like try to cut through the uh, branch slash trunk uh, failed miserably. So uh, then I decided to use the shovel in its traditional uh, use to try to dig out from underneath it and pops, possibly I could pop it out. And that didn't work either. I got about a foot down and you know, it's still pretty thick down there and I wasn't reaching a root ball or wherever the fuck it is. And at that point, I beat the fuck out of it enough that I'm pretty sure it's not growing for a couple of days. So uh, I decided I need different equipment for this job, uh, possibly some sort of saw or clippers or uh, immigrant, uh, something, something to work on. It. you embracing the illegals huh <laughs> they're not illegal and everyone at work tells me i'm crazy if i don't use them for this kind of shit they are not cheap uh but the thing is they also they do really good work and they work really fast well uh, sort of like this uh, i told you with my tattoo artist friend uh, has to charge a lot per hour because he works very fast uh otherwise he doesn't really make any money uh same thing with these guys so they had they charge a fair amount per hour i think there was like 50 or 75 dollars an hour or something like that but they will they will blow out a, a job like nobody's business <laughs> um so it, it, you get what you pay for, uh, and obviously they know what they're doing. They work at like uh, a top-level uh, country club uh, in the groundskeeping department, so you're going to get good quality work, and probably in your supplies you'll probably get from our work because uh, not they don't steal them, but they'll let they'll uh, the groundskeeping supervisor will let them order stuff if they want to. Obviously, I don't know fifty sixty bucks an hour for somebody blowing it out. That doesn't sound like that uh, that bad of a deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to spend money, but you're going to get uh, uh, you know, a good value for it, and they'll, they'll knock it out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, how much? Uh, I think I did. I ever mention how much my guy charges uh, for here? It's a, a fair amount over where you are at. It might even not be considered all that much. Uh, he does one fifteen hour. Uh, it depends on who you're going to. Uh, if they're relatively well known, you're probably looking, you know, one fifty or higher. A lot of places are in kind of that sweet spot around like 125 an hour ish. Right. I looked it up. Like you can do a Google search on how much uh, should a tattoo artist charge. And for his experience level, because at this point, I think he's got to be somewhere between 18 and 20 years. Uh, he's right where the, he's supposed to be, like the 150 to 175 an hour thing. If nothing else, uh, because of his experience level. Uh, Fame wise, uh, he's done he's done a couple tattoo uh, conventions. And, you know, the last couple summers, he, uh, did some stuff involved with ink magazine and this, that, and the other, but obviously as far as fame goes, he, he, no one's probably ever heard of him. Yeah. The way generally I'll do it is I'll reach out to the artist that I want to work with and see if I can book a little bit of a deal where I'm going to say, I'm basically just going to take your whole day. And you don't right. have to worry about trying to, you know, book anybody else or worrying about people flaking and just give me a little bit of a break and I'll just uh, sit there until we're done. Right, right. Mine works not mine uh, since I use the same guy works the, the exact opposite way. Uh, other than the ones that he'll give me for my birthday and Christmas and shit like that, uh, what he'll do is uh, call me in. Uh, he knows what days I have off, and if he happens to have no openings, you know, no uh, people coming in on a day that I have off, sometimes I'll call up and say, "Hey, man, uh, you want to come and get some work done?" I'm like, ah. he goes, uh, "Yeah, I'll give you a good deal, man. I got nothing going on." I'm like, okay, you know, we'll go and get some shit done. Um, it's funny, uh, uh, the OG, a lot of people dog on his work because uh, they 
don't like the subject matter that I've uh, picked. Um, very few of them actually realize, you know, the quality of the work that he's doing because uh, they, you know, they look at a Simpsons tattoo or a, a Futurama tattoo, and they're like, which are can be pretty simplistic. Obviously, they're like, oh, this guy's you know low level. I'm like, dude, if you you clearly don't know anything about actual tattoo work, uh, this guy does excellent work. His line works excellent. His color shading is fucking on point. Uh, and anyone who says he's not doing good work doesn't doesn't know tattoo shit. Well, goddamn, Jay. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen it. Like most of your work that you, at least most of the recent work you posted, right. yes, technically is decent work. Obviously, we're always going to, uh, yeah, try to figure out what the hell you're thinking about some of your choices. But uh, <laughs> right, right, and the, of course, the actual implementation of those choices is not bad at all. Right, 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 and of course, I am only speaking of his original works. He's done. Uh, all, as much, if not maybe more, uh, tattoo redo, redos and cover-ups uh, for me. Mostly redos, because they're past the point of you being able to cover them up. Uh, like, I'll go ba- back into and add color and, and correct line work and shit like that on my older tattoos. Some of those are only going to be okay, regardless of how much he works on it. Uh, his favorite phrase is, dude, I can only polish this turd so much. <laughs> it's only going to shine so much. It, it is still a turd. <laughs> So, um, which I can understand, but he has improved a couple tattoos that were barely even tattoos at this point. Yeah, you, uh, you definitely had some very prison-ish looking tattoos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were, you know, because they were they were old, they were faded. Some of them were decent tattoos when, when I first got them. But the issue being not the guy's artistry work, but the guy's skill as a tattooist, because obviously quite a few of them weren't deep enough. You know, uh, they, you know, uh, I am not in my seventies, which is what some of my tattoos look like. You're like, Oh dude, you got old school tattoos. I'm like, yeah, but they shouldn't be this old school, dude. That, that tattoo is 15 years old. It looks like it's fucking 40 years old. You can't tell what the fuck it is. (laughs) But when I first got it, it was pretty good and had some nice detail and thing like that, things like that. But well, yeah, rotary phones used to be the shit, but, uh, yeah, it's not that time anymore. Right, right, right. And well, that, like I said, that, that was just the case of, in this case, uh, the guy was a good artist, but not a good tattoo artist. So and that's why so, you always got to look into that. Like, that's the biggest thing. If I could give advice to anyone when they're thinking about even getting their first tattoo, like, I'm not going to fault you for your bad choice that you make as far as what you get, but at least take the time and vet who you're getting it from. Yep. 100%. Because, you know, um, while there's good advancements on tattoo removal and people are way better at tattoo cover-ups than they used to be. Um, in my case, a lot of, a lot of it's uh, because mine end up working out fairly good just because of how faded they were. But you also got to remember that's tattoos from you know, a while ago and the ink technology has advanced significantly in the last 10 to 20 years. So just because I got my shit covered up, that doesn't mean you're going to be able to. So that shitty choice that you made with the shitty artist might be around for a really long time because he had good ink. But you should always make that assumption that if you're getting a tattoo, it's going to be there forever because, you know, that's what they're designed to do. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, I got lucky in certain ways because of how the technology advancing to the point where the new inks were a lot stronger and able to cover up the older shit. Um, but that being the case, you know, that's not what you should be able to assume that's going to happen. Um, and 
as I think we've mentioned before, I think uh, we talked about where they go. Always get it on the shoulder. Always get it on the shoulder for your first one. That'll let you know whether or not you want other tattoos. Hold on a second. I get a drink of water. I'm parched. I, I still will never forget when I was getting uh, the half sleeve on my on my left arm done. The woman that came in and for her first tattoo was getting a Batman symbol on her chest. Oh, oh, oh. That lasted about eight minutes before mm-hmm. she tapped out. So she has this like one fourteenth of an outline of a Batman symbol for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it will be the rest of her life too. Uh, Cause yeah, that shit does not go away just because you didn't get it finished. Um, and of course she picked a horrible spot in multiple ways. Uh, one, as far as like pain goes, that's a horrible spot. Uh, two, depending on where she had it done, it's going to be visible on with almost everything she wears. Um, I'm not a fan of women getting uh, torso tattoos in, in the first place, really. Uh, I like women with arm tattoos and leg tattoos and things like that. Uh, but for some reason, I'm not a big fan of of like anything in the torso area or anything like that. I think basically if it's any of the parts that you normally cover up and that I want to see, I don't want tattoos on them. You tattooist. Yeah, that's it. Basically, if you can cover that up with a bathing suit, don't tattoo it. Okay. You <laughs> just, just tattoo the arms and legs. Women look hot that way. Uh, uh, I, I, I just, I'm just not a huge fan of it. I don't know why it just, doesn't appeal to me in the least bit, uh, which obviously I'm not uh, against tattoos, just not, it just doesn't look right to me. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm fine uh, with it as long as it's a good tattoo. I think the only one that like kind of trips me out just because it's not really like an original idea and I just, I don't get it. Have you seen, uh, any of the girls that get the heart tattoos over their nipples? No, no. So their nipple is a heart. Oh, no, that doesn't sound right at all. No. Uh-uh. I mean, and I, I guess like a couple things doesn't bother me. Like if you've got like, you know, cursive written down the side of your ribs or like uh, or or something small on your on your back or your shoulder blades. Or actually, you can even do a lot of stuff on your back and it wouldn't bother me at all. It's when they put it on the front parts. Like I said, uh, you know, don't fuck up the good parts. That's the parts I want to see. Don't cover them off. <laughs> No, I spent all this time getting trying to get this lady naked, and she's still fucking wearing clothes. You, know? you are such an old white man. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. Oh, hey, let's what's, see. What's what the male version of Karen? Like, are you a are you a Michael? Is that oh, what Michael. we would call him? No, I'm not. I'm pretty good with uh, uh, customer service people. I'm not one of those type because yeah, it's what I do for a living. So I try to be very polite and you know, kind to people that work with the public uh, because, you know, I don't want to be hypocritical, obviously. Unless there's a tattoo on that titty, then and Jay goes full Michael. God damn it. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, is it bad that it's reached a point where I make fun of people on uh, Facebook? It's one of my favorite things. I don't post anything bad about them and stuff. I just make fun of them in my head. Um, today thing Today's thing that I wanted to make fun of is people that post memes that tell you how awesome they are. Have you seen it? Have you seen this? Well, yeah, but when I do it, it's not an actual meme. I am really just letting the world know, God <laughs> damn, I am great. Right. Like for, you know, um, do, 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 do. Oh, did I miss one of them? Oh, I thought I had two. two I, I think I missed the best one of them, but, uh, all these, like for example, uh, one of the funniest ones are the uh, the uh, the fierce mom memes. You know, the ones where they say, "You know, I may be a sweetheart most of the time, but if you hurt my kids, I will be your worst nightmare." 
you know, and this is from like a five foot four chick that's 30 pounds overweight <laughs> or, you know, or the ones that, you know, that pat themselves on the back. They're like, you know, I've seen this post today, uh, for the amount of shit I've been through, I really have a beautiful soul. I am slightly damaged, but I still have a heart of gold. Who the fuck posts this sort or of shit? You really think that much of yourself that you got to post a fucking meme on Facebook telling everybody about it? Uh, am uh, I the I mean, one that thinks that's stupid and fucking arrogant? It's Facebook. That's what people do. I mean, okay. Do you, I mean, I don't even, I would have thought that I didn't know anybody that, that would do that kind of thing, but apparently I do. Uh, you know, and it's uh, always the funny, like that last one is almost definitely always going to be from uh, a single or divorced lady in her 40s. Yeah. You know, who, uh, who has, you know, whose man left her and now she needs to justify her existence by existence by saying how awesome she is. Uh, yeah. Uh, or another good one is, uh, um, and this one I feel kind of bad about because this is a person who's had a, a fucking hard time for the past couple of years. And I don't want to get too specific because God forbid they find out I'm talking about them. Um, but through the thing to keep in mind that throughout this hard time they've had in the past couple of years, people have been helping them her constantly. Uh, that has been a theme because, you know, um, they can't work. She can't work and yada, yada. Like I said, I don't want, don't get too much into it. Uh, but then she went ahead and posted this. Uh, the hardest pill I had to swallow this year is learning how to pick myself back up and how to cope with all the people who I thought would be in my life for a long time. I, uh, only to realize that you have to do it for yourself. And the only person that will put you back on your feet is you. Oh, holy shit, dude. You way to fucking insult everybody that's helped you in the last three or four years when you were fucking, you couldn't do anything for yourself, anything for yourself and needed the constant support of other people. I I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Is that just me, dude? (laughs) Again, it's Facebook. That like this is literally what Facebook is. Is posts on Facebook are basically people looking for attention. And these are yeah. people that want the pat on the back to go, Oh, you're doing great. Yay, you. Yeah. And, uh, and I get that. I mean, I do that myself occasionally when I'm feeling down. Uh, uh, as as uh, I mentioned, I posted about it on Facebook a couple uh, weeks ago when I was feeling depressed about all the weight that I lost. Um, but I certainly don't do it every day or multiple times a day like most of these people seem to do. Um, I try not to because I realize how, how that looks when I, when I read other people do it. Every once in a while, I feel sorry for you. If it's every day, well, then, dude, that's I'm getting tired of fucking hearing it, which is why people like that get that complaint. Oh, no one's there for me. Well, dude, people were there for you years and years and years. Eventually, they get tired of listening to it. You know, I can only feel sorry for you so much. I mean, <laughs> you saying it again doesn't make me more sorry for you. It actually makes me less sorry for you now just because I'm getting tired of hearing it. And that's why people like that lose friends and end up posting memes like that about how nobody's there for him yeah i have no time for any of that so jay are you a are you a reddit person at all no i tried to get into it a couple times and i've like clicked on links to reddit so i kind of understand the concept of you know uh of how it works even though like the the reply things and how it's structured is kind of confusing uh but i've never really been on it uh, for any significant amount of time uh why do you ask so there's, I think there's one that you may enjoy that are people that like think they're complete badasses and they post the most cringy shit. Uh, um, it's it's a subreddit called I am very badass. <laughs> so just reddit.com slash r slash I am very badass and just read and laugh. Ooh, excuse me. No, oh, that was easy enough to find, wasn't it? Uh, Reddit, I am very badass. Walking. 
<laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, okay. So, uh, oh, it's most a whole bunch of memes and shit, huh? What? Yeah, basically, it's people that see this same crap that you do. Only they take the best of the best and post on Reddit for people to, you know, look and laugh at the idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear arms. That was the first thing I ran into. <laughs> like B E A R. Oh, uh, stupid people are fucking yeah. dumb. Yeah, that's okay. Whatever, right? Uh, um. So you get any big so plans see, for your? Uh, oh, go ahead. I just say, did you see that they're starting to put some more cards together for uh, UFC here in June? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend Roxy had her fight announced officially. Uh, she's fighting Lauren Murphy. I think June twentieth is it? In yeah, I think the main, or something like that. I, I think what's currently the main event on that card, and this is sad that this is a main event, is uh, God, who was it? Uh, Jessica I and Cynthia Calvillo. Oh my, really? Yeah, that shows like they completely blew their wad with UFC 249. Yeah. And then Jones, you know, fakes retirement. Cejudo essentially fakes retirement. Like, they really need some star power here. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. You know that Courtney Casey uh, chick that fought last week? Yeah. She's fighting June 20th. See, that's, they, like, that's, a, that's a pretty quick fucking. I th- well, I, th- yeah, I think the issue being they only have a certain amount of athletes that are willing to compete with the weird fucked up camps they're having. Right, you can understand it, but like, yeah, they're just basically going to be turning people. It's going to be an entire roster of cowboys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, can you yeah. fight every week on the week? Yes, yes, you can. Okay, you're hired. Well, we got you penciled in for the, uh, oh, let's see, the 15th, the 20th, the 27th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but looking at it, I saw I saw some odds, uh, and apparently for, for uh, the the odds makers are figuring out that uh, Roxanne shouldn't be the underdog. So I think she's like, like minus 120 or 130 at the moment. Said she was fighting Lauren Murphy? Yeah. Yeah, I think she probably should be the, the favorite in that one. Lauren Murphy, well... I guess she doesn't have that terrible of a record. No, uh, uh, you know, her, she's three out of four for her last wins, uh, against, uh, uh, Angela or Andrea Lee. I can't, I can't remember how to say her first name. Um, then the wind is not a hard name to say, Jay. Is it, I wasn't, no, Andrea, I wasn't sure if that was her name. I'm, I should have said I have a hard time remembering. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, she fought her, excuse me. I got to click back on it. Uh, do, 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 do. M. Romero Borella, and uh, she won that one. A loss to Eubanks, and a loss to oh, she lost her last two to Chunigan or Chukagan. That's not, that's not even anywhere close to how you say that. Well, well, prove me wrong. Well, how do you say it? Caitlin Chukagan. Chukagan. Chukag. Oh yeah, okay. I guess they need to put like a little uh, enunciation mark over that part, so I know to uh, break it up like that. Oh, let's see. Uh, so yeah, Roxanne. I thought had you that. were like the. I thought you were the big like women's MMA fan. Like you should have heard these names over and over, and been able to pronounce them. <coughs> yeah, you'd think, but nope. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, Roxanne's going to take that pretty easy. Um, she hasn't been able to train, obviously, in her traditional things. But I think in a lot of ways, this is going to help her. One second, I got to drink a drink of water before. I, oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus, you gonna be okay there? You go from shitting yourself a couple days ago to 
losing a lung live on air. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. Um, but I think Roxanne's going to take this pretty easy. Uh, she hasn't been able to train just like everybody else. Uh, so she hasn't been able to get training partners and sparring and working on her skills. Uh, the thing is, what she has been able to do is strength training. Uh, she t her she picked out the couple people that she was going to be exposed with, and they're all quarantine buddies. So she does have a group of like four or five people that she works with or something like that. And so she's been fo focusing on um, almost exclusively strength training right now, which is good because as far as I'm concerned, skills-wise, she's ahead of the vast majority of her division. There's very few uh, people in her division that have more better skills than her. So for her to focus on uh, her strength training is perfect and it's working. She looks like a beast lately. So I think she's going to come uh, into the ring and basically just fucking ragdoll Murphy. Yeah, I don't know. I've, if I was going to bet, I would probably bet Matafari, but you never know in women's MMA. Like It's such a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, Roxy has a good enough chin, and 125 isn't uh, as you know husky as some of the other weight classes. So I don't think she's going to get like a, a lucky knockout on Roxy or anything like that. So it's probably going to uh, either be Roxy submitting her, uh, going to the decision, or possibly ground and pounding her out because she does uh, have a couple wins like that lately too. Well, we absolutely know who your pick's going to be when we get there. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty easy. <laughs> uh, other than that, it does look, uh, man, they got lots. It's it's pretty much a female card at this point. Rachel, like you said, Rachel Pennington versus uh, uh, Renew. Um, Gillis and Robertson versus Courtney Rachel Casey. Pennington? Who the hell is that? Raquel. I said, I said Raquel. You miss. You no, know, you, you said get, Rachel. Dude, you got to listen harder, dude. Uh, Gillian Robertson versus Courtney Casey. Uh, Jillian. Yeah, Torres fighting uh, Brianna von Buren. I like uh, I like uh, I can't say her first name. Uh, Mrs. Torres. Tisha. Yeah, Tisha. Thank you. Yeah, I like Tisha Torres. Uh, she seems cool. Uh, she was funny on the uh, season Ultimate Fighter that she was on, and then Roxanne versus Murphy. Uh, so right now, half the card is fucking female fights, which doesn't bother me at all. But I'm pretty sure that's not going to go over well. Yeah, that's definitely not going to be where it lands. There'll be some other fights added to that, but yeah, these cards. Like, I, I love that mixed martial arts back is back. It gets something to you know new to watch, but like, it's just it's missing stars. Yeah, most of them don't want to. The higher you up in the rankings, the less willing you are to uh, risk uh, not a full camp to do this shit. Which makes sense. Uh, Dejusha had a question. He wanted to know, has there been any MMA, MMA fighters that have fought back-to-back -back cards? Uh, like maybe the first card was an easy win with the early knockout. Didn't Chris Lieben do that? There have been some that are probably close. Like I, Since they've gone to such recent cards, I don't think so. But yeah, back when they were like a good month, month and a half apart, there have definitely been some. Um, beyond that, especially pride, like early prides, every pride, it was basically the same fighters, just mixed up matchups. Right. Right. I'm, I'm look, trying to look up, uh, leaving about this one right now. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, well, uh, there was one time. Well, kind of. Yeah. He is. Might've been. Yeah. Cause he fought, uh, <clears throat> Uh, on June 19th in 2010 and then July 3rd in 2010. So, uh, 
Yeah, that sounds was, like it. It's probably yeah. A, it was, yeah, it was probably a late replacement on the second one. There have been a few people that have done that. Um, I wouldn't put it past Cowboy or or Angela Hill as a woman's yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's, man, yeah. She wants to fight again right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She she's good at avoiding damage. Uh, so she's up for fighting pretty much every time you give her the opportunity. Uh, so it does look like they are going to go forward to Fight Island. Uh, Dana keeps on saying over and over again that it's a real thing. Uh, I don't know why at this point, since they can have uh, events in other spots. So it's not like they need to have a Fight Island. A publicity stunt would be about the only reason I can think at this point. Well, there's... Yes and no. Like, there definitely is the publicity aspect of it, but if they can build something that they're able to essentially kind of quarantine everyone as they come in, like it's it's really the safest thing to do until we get to the point where you can have fans back at these things. Hmm. So you think you think so? The fact that they, uh, I just don't see how it'd be any different than any of the arenas that they're using, uh, or like their their own uh, arena, the Apex Performance Center or whatever the hell they call it, their little uh, ring uh, on their own property. So obviously right. they use that. Well, they, they could. This just kind of simplifies everything, though. Like, they're doing it somewhere where they have, like, control of the, the local hotels there. They have everyone staffed up. It's going to be, like, their own building, essentially. So I think it's... I think part of it is kind of a cost thing. That The initial setup is obviously expensive, but I think it's probably a way to control their costs and get kind mm-hmm. of an infrastructure in place. Right. Yeah, okay. That's Whether a good point, or not... Yeah. Whether or not it ends up being the right call, like we don't know how long it's going to be until you can get, you know, an arena full of people again. Right, so right. I guess that'll be like when we look at this in hindsight, like that'll be the deciding factor of did they get Fight Island up only for Vegas to reopen like in its entirety two months later? Well, then, yeah, it was a bad call. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of Vegas, I got a friend that lives there. Um, I was taking pictures the other day. They went to go get something to eat at the Fremont experience. Cause I, I guess things are opening up a little bit there. I, and I don't know if you're, I think you said you've been to the Fremont experience as well. There was fucking nobody there. It looked really fucking weird and spooky. Yeah. Just, just a place that at any time of the day, even at like three in the morning that has people at it, have nobody there at all. Yeah. Like there have been some weird pictures out there. Like you'll see things like that, but then you'll also see these pictures like out of California where like, uh, God, where was it? I, maybe it was San Jose. But there were pictures of like just people fucking everywhere walking around, no masks, no anything. And the interesting thing is like, if you look at the people that seem to be flocking back to things, they're the people that should probably be most concerned. Like generally they look like they're, you know, 30, 40 pounds overweight, like not in the best health, but like they're out there just kind of, just saying screw it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are sick of uh, staying in. The, a lot of people actually think that the, the risk of the virus has been overstated. So that being the case, you know, um, they don't think they are risking that much. Um, and, and, I've, and, the, and the truth is somewhere in between. Yes, the virus has been overstated. Uh, I think closing down the country was a, a great big overreaction that's going to cost us for years and years and years. But on the, on the other hand, it 100% did save lives. Uh, so I guess it depends on how much you weigh uh, the economy against lives about whether or not we got the right balance or not. Well, we're about to hit 100,000 people dead from it. So there is that. 
and that's right. with everything being shut down. Right, like, right. You can see where the problem is is you can't trust people to do the right thing. Like you have it now with people that like went to these gigantic church services when everything was supposed to be locked down. Like there was the story of the of the one church that had like has twenty some deaths now uh, from a bunch of services they had. But like in America, we can't fucking trust people to just stay home if they're in an at risk, you know, uh, demographic. So instead, we have to lock everything else down to, you know, stupid proof everyone else. The same idea with like, we have people freaking out about wearing a fucking mask and shooting people over it. Like, we have too many stupid people that can't follow direction. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's funny that they they're like, oh, I you know, I don't have to wear my mask. Well, dude, it's a safety thing. Oh, 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 oh just because you know, a lot of them seem like they don't want to wear a mask just because you tell them that they have to. Uh, but they don't have a problem when you like tell them they have to put on their seatbelt when they ride on a plane. Uh, they or and shit like that. It's like they want to be selective about what safety measures they use. And I realize it's because they think it's not a danger to them. And we've had this conversation over and over again. That just makes you a rude motherfucker. Because how about be polite to other people? I myself am not particularly scared of the virus. I don't think I'm going to get it, and I wouldn't be all that concerned if I did get it. I wear a mask in public because it makes other people feel better. You know, um, I, the vast majority of the people out here are scared of that shit and they don't want other people giving it to them. So that's why I wear a mask. Cause I don't want someone going, Oh shit, that guy ain't got a mask. Maybe I'm going to get sick. I don't want to stress somebody out like that. It's just easier to wear a mask. Well, that is the idea that yes, everyone has rights, but when your right starts to trample on someone else's right, mm-hmm. you're a piece of shit. Right, that's right. what this is. Like, yes, you can say, well, I have the right not to wear a mask if I don't want to. Well, no, because then you're infringing on the person's right that's standing there that is wearing a mask that doesn't want you to get them sick. Right, exactly. I have the right for you not to infect me. How about that for a right? Um, my right supersedes your right because your right, because my right doesn't harm you. You're your right might harm me. So let's prioritize our rights at this point. Yeah. Stupid people are dumb. Like it's just the running idea. Like that should just replace E pluribus unum on all of our currency. (laughs) Stupid people are dumb. America, America, America. Yeah, I know it's embarrassing. Uh, Once again, uh, you know, the only saving grace for America is it's better than every place else. (laughs) I don't know. Give me a nice beach in Costa Rica and I'll, I'll renounce citizenship tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I still have never done the tropical thing. So I'll have to take your word on that one day. That's one of life goal uh, for me and the wife. And I don't mind count. you. I I'm going to keep my 401k and I'm going to keep my pension. Um, I'm just going to, you know, live in Costa Rica. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one day. Yeah. Uh, I don't count the trip to Florida in the middle of winter as tropical for me. So I've never been to a tropical place and I've always wanted to enjoy it at least once before I die. So that's one of the things me, my, me and my wife are working on uh, at some point, maybe in a couple of years. Surprised you've never gone to Japan and just totally nerded out like the nerd that you are. I would have loved to go to Japan. I'd be a fucking superhero over there practically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, at one point I was tempted to, because apparently you could make a, at least a decent living trying to teach English there. Uh, even if you know, almost no Japan at all, Japanese at all. Um, so, um, 
I don't I don't understand how that would work because I'm not speaking Japanese. But they said there's other jobs like uh, it's popular for bars to hire Americans as their bartender. So basically, all you uh, need to know is different Japanese drinks. Um, you can make a, a decent living there just because uh, you know Americans are a spectacle in Japan, and I'd be more of a spectacle than most. So. <laughs> Yeah, the only problem there is like nothing would be your size. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be you know, it'd be like being Andre the Giant without uh, you know, not quite that bad, but still the same realm of things. Nothing would uh, I wouldn't fit in any places at all. Supposedly, in lots of places, uh, tattoos are frowned on. I guess. Uh, I don't know too much about that. I just know that things just aren't built for large people. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've I, been there, and it was kind of a pain in the ass, but. It was interesting just to to go there. Yeah, I'd love to go there. It'd be it'd be, it'd be pretty cool on several different levels, uh, both the anime thing, just because it's such a different culture and way of life. Uh, it'd be a totally different experience than I imagine the going than going to some place in Europe or or England or any place like that. Because even though it's a different culture, our culture branched off from the Europeans and the you know. Uh, Londonians <laughs> and, and the people from you know uh, the United Kingdom, United Kingdoms and such. Wow, I can't speak uh, Japanese. Yeah, now now imagine you're trying hand. to teach English in Japan. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be very good at it. <laughs> the Japanese, on the other hand, have uh, added very little to our culture other than recently, within the last fifty years. Uh, so going there and being exposed to that would, I imagine, be very alien on a lot of different levels. Yeah, I don't really know about that. Like everything. So I went and God, when was it? Now I'm going to have to look it up. I think it was 2005. Uh, yes, it would have been August in 20 in 2005. That's <laughs> when I went. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a pride final conflict. 2005. Yeah. <laughs> fun. Wow. Yeah. I imagine it must've been, that'd be a sweet event to go to. That was the only reason you went to Japan just to watch that event. Absolutely. Well, like I had been planning it for a while. It like sounded like a, a fun thing to do. Um, but yeah, went and uh, watched Final Conflict. Got to watch uh, Fedor feet, uh, beat Krokop. Fun wow. night. Yeah, that's pretty legendary. Oh shit! Look at the time. It's uh, it's time to end the show. You got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm sure we have a couple things here. <laughs> Happy holiday tomorrow to everyone. Uh, for anyone, obviously, that knows anyone that did serve, give them a, a thanks or a pat on the back tomorrow. Don't push them. Grill out some good food. Enjoy yourselves. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you decide to, please name it after me. <laughs> and right. the second thing, fuck all y'all. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hehehe <laughs>